0: Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we're going to talk about National Vietnam Veterans Day, which is coming up next Tuesday. Our guests today include Mike Williams, a Navy corpsman aboard the USS Hancock, an attack aircraft carrier in the Gulf of Tonkin on the South China Sea. He served in Vietnam from 72 to 73, now the junior vice commander at the Brainerd Veterans of Foreign Wars. Our other guest is Mark Persons. Mark is an Army sergeant served on a small airbase in Vietnam from 1968 through 1969. He did high-tech electronic work to keep those airplanes flying. Now chaplain and webmaster at the Brainerd VFW. Gentlemen, welcome to Community Focus. Thanks for
1: having us. And thank you for your service yes. right off the top. You're, thank You're you. You're
0: welcome. Yeah. For for Mark, I bet a lot of people uh, uh, the Vietnam War seems like a distant memory, but it really wasn't that long ago for a lot of us of
1: our age. <laughs> I think I wake up every morning thinking I'm there. Yeah. That's a different story. Yeah. Uh, for perspective, 2.7 million men and women American veterans served in Vietnam. A total of 3.4 million when you count the surrounding countries. At the peak, in 1969. 549,000 Americans were serving there. Wow. All gave some, some gave all. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that lightly. 58,220 American servicemen and women died there. I knew three of them. Mm -hmm. And of the millions who served, 850,000 Vietnam veterans survive today, with 530 dying each day. Mm.
2: Oh, they, man.
1: Okay. Mm. So uh, it's, it's life, I guess. Uh, history, the French had Vietnam back in the 1800s, the Japanese in World War II. French took it back after then. And then at the Battle of Dien Bien Phu in 1954, they lost the country. And then the Geneva Accords divided Vietnam into North and South in 1954. Then... There was the domino theory. This is where if a small country, neutral country in the world uh, goes to communism, then we have to prevent that from happening. So uh, it was President Lyndon Johnson who officially brought the United States into war in 1964 to prevent the spread of communism. And we veterans were there, not as conquerors, but we were there to help to prevent communism from spreading. Yeah. Yeah. And and then uh, things got very interesting about 1968 and the Tet Offensive. That's right. Yes, yes, it was. That was the uh, Lunar uh, New Year holiday. All the Vietnamese were celebrating. It's something like Christmas. And the enemy attacked. Mm -hmm. For perspective, 10 of the enemy died for every one of our losses. But in America... That was a turning point. Yeah. People realized what's going on here. And I flew in on an airplane just after the Tet Offensive. Oh boy! Uh, landed near Saigon. Lights out immediately on the airplane. Middle of the night. Couldn't see a thing. Crawled out of there. And what's the first thing that fe- uh, that I face? Hot, damp air. That was a taste of what life was going to be like for the next year. Wow.
2: wow. So I can identify with a, a, a little bit of that. I didn't get there until later on seventy two, seventy three. But we also had what we call darkened, darkened ship. Uh, we were off the coast of, of Vietnam, so uh, within range of artillery. So we always had had to be uh, you know uh, operate at night and with no lights. But uh, what I did is I I wrote a poem, and I'll just uh, share a couple of lines with you. Uh, uh, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. You know, I, I wanted to join the military, so I enlisted. And I wrote this poem, and I'll just give you a couple of lines. It says, I got the call to go and fight when I was just a lad. A distant war was brewing, a thought that made me sad. But I knew I would have to go and leave family and friends behind. But Uncle Sam was calling. My choice was clear in mind. Um, so the thing that I wor- I looked uh, forward to mostly was uh, was getting letters from home. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, you know, so that uh, that in and of itself uh, I think uh, kept me going for sure, and as did a, a, a lot of them. What about you, Mark?
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. But you know, no phones, <laughs> no internet, and no quitting. That
2: was we were just there,
1: and that was it for a year. time. All yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. Well, one, one year seemed like uh, ten, and uh, the common phrase was "What Mark it was when I get back to the world." Yep.
1: Everyone oh. said that, and it, because we were so divorced, so to speak, from the rest of the world. Well, you and were uh, like uh, say, half a world away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it really was, and, and it was. It's so foreign to our nature to do that. But we uh, we, we had uh, wooden barracks. We had no air conditioning, and heat wasn't needed. <laughs> I don't but think so. You, um, you might have uh, enjoyed uh, having an outhouse uh, when you were out camping. Well, we did that for 365 days. Oof. It's like three-holers that um, that they tip one of them over in the morning, pour uh, fuel oil on it, light it, and then after the flames went out, they tip it back. So and that was life back mm. then. Yeah. And we had uh, non-potable water. So we got to shower and but don't drink the water. Right. It was and it's the water smelled terrible, but mm. it was better than the sweat we had on us, so that worked out. And we had wow. anti-malaria pills that made us sick.
0: Yeah, those aren't good.
1: Yeah. But here's here's an interesting point. <clears throat> I was actually older than many of the of the GIs at the time, I arrived just days before my 21st birthday. So I was on my way from one base to another, and I'm sitting there on sandbags saying, this is my 21st birthday. What am I doing here? Mm -hmm. It was just something. But... You know, when you're young and handsome, you can do just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> And humble. Uh, and, hum- <laughs> and humble. There you go. So I, I will tell you, radio was really nice to have. Mm-hmm. And we've got a cut from um, an audio radio documentary that was, um, and these are voices from the Armed Forces Vietnam Network from that documentary. Okay, here we go.
0: From Saigon, this is the American Forces Vietnam Network, presenting million-dollar music for the Aquarian Age. 3.4 million Americans served in Vietnam and the surrounding theater during the war. Some volunteered. Some were drafted. They came from all 50 states. They were different races, different religions. They liked different sports teams... But there were two things that every serviceman shared. They wore the uniform of the United States military, and they listened to the American Forces Vietnam Network on the radio.
2: AFVN audio 85.
1: Da Nang. Go! Very famous announcer there, Adrian Cronauer. I imagine it. I imagine so. I didn't know him by name back then, but you know that's what we heard. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Later
0: so. made into a movie with uh, Robin Williams oh, starring seven. as him. Yeah. yeah.
1: Boy. Now I should also tell you that um, China Beach, the move, uh, the the TV series, in my mind, way off base. You would never take a jeep, drive through the jungle at night, and expect to live through the experience. <laughs> The the Viet Cong owned the jungles at night. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there was you know, (laughs) so we didn't actually go anywhere. We just worked twelve hours a day just to make things work. And and I only drank only one beer in any one day because I had to be able to defend myself when things went wrong. And that's and it's either you know a a drunk person just can't do that. Mm -hmm. But one was one was my limit. And I lost a lot of hearing while I was there, but lived through the experience and came back. Oh, coming back, I should tell you that we, um, I, on the airplane, uh, came through, let's see, flew out of Vietnam to Guam and then to um, uh, California, San Francisco, narrowly avoided the protesters there, which were, they were just getting going at the time, so they weren't well organized, got on an airplane, had splitting headache because of the emotion of, of leaving Vietnam. And all I wanted was two aspirin. I wound up with a standby seat on um, first class. I could have had all the alcohol I wanted. All I wanted was two aspirin. They had to shake me awake in Minneapolis just to tell me the plane had landed. Wow. wow. Missed the whole ex- whole experience.
2: No, mine was just a little bit different. I, I left uh, the Tonkin Gulf by uh, a helicopter, and they dropped me on board another carrier, which I rode for two days into I believe it was Subic Bay in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Got off there and uh, got a uh, uh, got a bus up to Clark Air Force Base, and from Clark Air Force Base we went to uh, flew to Guam from Guam to Hawaii, from Hawaii to Travis Air Force Base. So it was... uh, Where is Travis? Travis is in California. California, yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that was a little bit different than what Mark went through. Yeah, no. That's a lot of it's travel. A lot about. of traveling either it, way. It right? is. Yeah. It is. You know, and in, in looking back, um, uh, I think in the final analysis, I, I I can say that both Mark and I were. Uh, well, I can't talk for him, but for me, I was uh, I was just a little cog in a big wheel. You know, keeping the keeping the United States going. Yeah. But all the
1: cogs were needed. That's right. All so. the cogs were needed. We all we all did our part and while I was there they started this uh, Vietnamization that's where the Vietnamese people would handle their own war against their north northern neighbors which were backed by China by the way Uh, and and so that sort of worked and then we had a gradual withdrawal the US involvement ended in 1973 with the Paris Peace Accord then the fall of Saigon in 1975 to the Communist North and that played on my line on my mind a lot and I'm thinking about Afghanistan veterans today. They face the same kind of thinking in their brains. All I right. was there, I did all of this, and maybe it was for lost not. friends and yeah. for what? Yeah. 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 And so all I can say to the Afghan veterans is we've been there and done that. And um and so we we try to console each other at uh, veterans' organizations like the VFW, and just just, just talk about it. But um, I will tell you that military service changes us, um, serving for something more important than ourselves. And, and if you're a civilian, you don't always get that. Right. But the military culture is willing to give our lives for others and our country. And usually it's mostly for others who are surrounding us so that they could protect us, too. And looking back, I'd say that um, that uh, I would do it again. I really don't have any regrets. Uh, I could have died, but uh, I, I lived through it. And
2: uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, no regrets at all, Mark. Uh, I, I would do the same thing again um, uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. So... Uh,
1: at the VFW, we get together and we talk about life and learn about uh, Afghanistan and Iraq and places like that. Places I tell those guys I wouldn't have wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. I'd I trade Vietnam for Iraq. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Wow. So, um, we do have a gathering planned at the VFW uh, For Tuesday? For Tuesday, uh, the 29th. And we, we we want Vietnam veterans to show up and Talk about their service, bring some pictures, memorabilia, whatever they have, and we'll just sit around and talk about it free tacos and a beverage and we'll just we'll just have a good time I am bringing some music from the um, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, from the TV series China Beach. <laughs> so we might appreciate some of that. The music of the day that we heard on the radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that event on Tuesday, mm-hmm. is there a certain time that you uh, are? Yeah, 5 to 7 p.m. That's that's taco time at the Brainerd VFW, downtown near 6th and Laurel. And we just uh, just like to uh, tell stories, talk about life and where, how we got here. So...
0: All right. Well, gentlemen, again, thank you for sharing your stories here today and putting it into perspective about uh, the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yes, and, yes, thank and you. And thank you so much for your service. Absolutely. And I hope a lot of other Vietnam vets will show up on Tuesday yeah. to, like you say, uh, enjoy tacos and just talk.
1: Well, thanks,
2: uh, thanks for having us, Ken and Tess. Absolutely.
1: That's, that's a way to decompress, I think, just to tell, tell our stories, and hopefully it makes better people out of us. Um, all veterans organizations help veterans, but Mike and I have chosen the VFW because we like that better. But the Legion and DAV are out there, too, yeah. all good organizations, and their, their, their push is to get uh, have veterans helping the community. Right. helping veterans and the community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, and we
0: might add, they're open to the public, so Absolutely. not necessarily on that night, but uh, go by and support your local Brainerd VFW. Great meals and lots of fun events happen there all the time. It all helps to support. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah. thank you.
1: Thank you, gentlemen. Gentlemen, again. thank you again. Thank you for your service.
0: Yes. Thank you. Mike Williams is currently the junior vice commander at the Brainerd Veterans of Foreign Wars. He is a Vietnam vet. Mark Persons is the chaplain and webmaster at the Brainerd VFW and, again, uh, a former Vietnam
1: Vietnam vet. Yeah. Again, thank you. I'll put in a plug, BrainerdVFW.org. There's 70 pages of information there if you want to find out what veterans are alike. BrainerdVFW.org. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I'm Ken
0: Thomas along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also find them
1: on or through our free downloadable app powered by Cayuna Regional Medical Center.